You're listening to the Soul Strategies podcast hosted by the team here at Soul Strategies. We hope you like the latest episode and thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Soul Strategies podcast. I'm your host, James Ray. And today we have a handful of guests who are going to be talking about fundraising and how Soul Strategies can potentially help your campaign raise a bit more money, something very, very critical to the solvency of multiple of pretty much any campaign. Uh, so would any of you like to introduce yourselves? Uh, yeah, I can go first. My name is Tasha. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm just one of the call time managers for Soul. I'm based out of Boston. Hi, my name is Alexis Lopez. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I am the other side of the fundraising team at Soul, and I'm based in Atlanta, Georgia. Amazing. Okay, so uh, let's dig into it then a little bit. Uh, what is fundraising? What are some major components and why does it matter to a campaign? Um, so fundraising is basically the, the entire foundation of a campaign. So the big thing about what makes a campaign so successful is that they have the um, financial force behind them to pay for staff and pay for um, you know ads and all of the other critical components of a campaign that really gets the message out there about a candidate. And so if your financial foundation isn't you know, super strong, it's gonna make it super hard to build the rest of the campaign out. And really, you know, even if you have a really great policy and um, a platform and just ideas that you feel are really gonna help your community, if you don't have the fundraising um, foundation to really just get those ideas and turn them into a reality, it's gonna be extremely hard to even get the campaign off the ground. Okay, amazing. So what are some strategies then of going about fundraising that seem effective for candidates on the ground? I know there's a lot of jargon that kind of goes around regarding things like call time, regarding, you know, like social media fundraising, email marketing, etc. Can you go through maybe a couple of those and just kind of explain what they are? Uh, I can start off with call time because that's mainly what I focus on. So it's really just exactly what it sounds like. You're going to sit down for like eight hours a day and just make phone calls to possible donors. With Soul, you get just a huge list of people who will agree with like you based on policy, on like other candidates, people who've donated to other candidates who you might align with. And you just call them, you tell them a little bit about yourself, and you make this thing called a hard ask where you ask, hey, can you donate $200 to help me reach more voters in the area? And it's one of the most time-consuming ways, I think, of to do fundraising, but it also gets you probably the most money in the long run. It's super important. Yeah, no, okay. that's, that's a great point. And um, another large component of uh, fundraising is like the events and emails. So with call time, you're having to basically just do direct contact with donors. So you have to really have a good idea about what you plan to do once you're um, in office, why you're running for office, what kind of um, influence you to just take this big step. And then through fundraising events and emails, you're really able to utilize your network to do donor contact that is in a different way that doesn't really involve a phone call, but more so of a, an email that highlights an endorsement that you got or a, a big event that you have going on. And then with um, events, you can kind of do meet and greets. I definitely encourage candidates to utilize the local businesses in their area just because it drives money back into the economy. And it looks good to really be highlighting the local businesses that are already um, in the community that are already serving the community. And then with high dollar um, 
donor events, usually that involves some of your, um, the network that you have access to that is willing to invest large amounts of money to not only host an event, but bring in their network so that you can um, expand that event and, and have even more uh, donations coming into the campaign. Okay, so a lot of those seem very, very time consuming. What, what would you say as far as donation strategies or fundraising strategies have the most return on investment uh, for the effort that you put in? I know call time is kind of typically seen as being the most effective means of fundraising, but also something that takes a really, really good amount of time. You know, I've heard uh, of candidates phone banking, basically doing call time for 12 hours a day. Um, although I've also known many that go anywhere from four to six, but it's, it's kind of like a general note that the more you do, the better likelihood of good results you have. So are, are, are other methods of fundraising sort of similar to that? I know with, with like social media oriented fundraising, it's kind of like a passive fundraising where if your content and following is built up well and properly, you can then solicit them for funds that might potentially give you um, sporadic uh, donations. But with call time, it's like, you are in the seat making the calls locked into a position for upwards of hours a day. So with event planning and everything like that, what does that look like for the, um, I guess, the schedule of a candidate? You know, I think a lot of it just depends on the network that they have access to. I know with the candidates that I work with, I really encourage them to, you know, if you're running for office, you should already have a network built up. And that means your alumni network, people you work with, um, community engagement activities that you've been doing, like volunteer work of people that already know who you are as a person and would be willing to um, promote the events that you're hosting. And really when you're doing um, an event in a local business, because it's local, um, it's going to be a little bit of a different process compared to having an event at a chain, because if, if it's a mom and pop shop, usually they're a little bit easier to work with and they're very excited to get the promotion towards their business. So I think that um, they all require some, like there's really no easy avenue of of fundraising, like they all require time and energy, but it really depends on the network that the uh, the candidate is working with before they decide to run for office. And that's going to determine um, the ease that they have with just fundraising in these different events and then um, call time. I would also say that there's definitely a difference between the experience that challengers versus incumbents have um, with fundraising. And I think that's something that could definitely um you know, you just have to look at it a different way in accordance to what are the circumstances of the race you're running in. But the, the um, I guess the never, like the consistent um, piece of fundraising is that if you have a network, you're going to have a way easier time, at least building up the, the starter money for your campaign. No, and, and that makes total sense. And I, I think a lot of candidates forget it, particularly in regards to fundraising, that even going into a campaign, you already need to have established infrastructure, contacts, things like that. I've seen a lot of campaigns over the years, um, particularly when I was in college doing internships with campaigns in Indiana, uh, where they would kind of run and then have really no definitive fundraising strategy, um, very little, if any, uh, built-in infrastructure. Some candidates really haven't done anything in their community that would allow them to actually fundraise from where they are, which is something that social media can help with because you can build a nationwide appeal on, mm -hmm. uh, on apps like Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera. Um, although, I, again, I, it's such a hit or miss fundraising strategy that I think at times it's, um, it's something that no campaign should feel as if they're relying on. Yeah. Um, but it definitely does seem 
like a lot of candidates don't, I think, initially understand how important already having rapport with the community is before you run to advocate for that community, um, which seems kind of like a no brainer on paper. But I think it's something that a lot of people really struggle with as they're you know, trying to explore where they fit into a larger political framework. Um, mm-hmm. But it is interesting nonetheless. Do you feel as if there's like, uh, either of you, do you feel as if there's like very common kind of pitfalls or problems that a lot of candidates face when they are fundraising? Um, issues related to call time, issues related to just getting general fundraising um, up, like little like, uh, like common screw ups or things like that that like might inhibit a candidate's ability to, to fundraise. I don't know if it's like a screw up or anything, but I think it's just not having the time to be able to fundraise um, well, like kind of early on, especially if you're like working a full-time job, if you have kids, if there's so many other factors where you can't sit down with these like huge eight hour chunks every single day to make these phone calls, it can be really hard on candidates. And I've seen it happen where they just will only have like an hour or two a day to make calls. And so they're not gonna get as much money. And then if you don't have money, like in the beginning, you can't promote yourself and then no one knows who you are when it's time to vote. I also think in regard to call time, it can definitely like call time is, is kind of similar to being like a salesperson where you are cold calling people and essentially selling yourself and convincing them that like, hey, I'm a good candidate and I have good ideas and I want to help my community. And I think that what I've seen consistently, regardless of the level of office that a person is running for or, you know, even the network that they have, like in regard to call time, it can be really discouraging getting that first no. And I've seen candidates be like, I shouldn't be doing this. Like I should drop out because this person hung up on me. And I think a big part of what we do at Seoul, especially in regard to call time is definitely keeping that momentum up and reaffirming or affirming to them that, you know, you are a good candidate. You have good ideas. And just because this person hung up on you, it doesn't mean that you should go take a nap and call it a day. Um, so I think just the a, a problem with just um, the anxiety that can come from call time, um, especially at the beginning, if you've never done it before, and then just being consistent, like the biggest time about the biggest, um, the largest component about call time is making sure that you are putting in consistent time, which is marking off timing your schedule every single day. So like, you know, you can't plan an event during this time or, um, you know, go to a party because you have this call, you have call time, you have to do it every single day to see a return on that investment. And the good thing about call time is that it, it gets easier as you go along. So I haven't seen someone at the beginning of call time still feel those same nerves at like, you know, at the end of call time or after they've had a month of, of making those calls. So I think that just really practicing and being comfortable with a no and, and realizing that that one no is not going to determine the future of your campaign or it should not have an impact on how you feel about yourself as a candidate um, is a really big thing to just keep in mind for, for everyone regardless of you know what they're running for. No, I mean, and that makes total sense to me. I, I think a lot of candidates forget both that their campaigns are really not driven by any one interaction really with with a voter and that there are people in districts people even outside of your district that are not either not going to want to donate not want to be solicited for any donations etc and that and i think from phone banking experience that can really ruin the energy temporarily yeah but i i think too that um a lot of politicians a lot of political um candidates people who are trying to run and, and this, I think, does oftentimes end up being kind of a class, 
element or like there, there's a class element to to being able to run politically definitely because if you definitely. don't have time to spend on these things you're just not going to do as well so you know the 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 lack of like maybe what we would consider like a public funding strategy for political candidates really does inhibit um like lower class people or working class people's ability to campaign and be representatives which i think is um, a whole thing. But even disregarding that, I think a lot of candidates do forget that, you know, call time fundraising specifically for a campaign is essentially a second job, yes. uh, which is incredible <laughs> that like yeah. the, the sheer amount, I mean, you're essentially doing a part-time job if you're doing call time functionally where you should be doing it. Yeah. And I, I really like that you mentioned just the class aspect of running for office and how fundraising ties into that, because it can definitely again, be a little bit um, disheartening when you're running for office and you feel like, oh my God, like the person I'm running against is an incumbent. They have tons of money. They have tons of like time, but they don't even have to do call time because they're relying on their five million friends to fund their entire campaign. And I think that is um, definitely an aspect of grassroots fundraising that can um, be discouraging. But I also think that there is so much value in having those conversations because, you know, donations from a hundred donors means a lot more in compared to like donations from like five big donors. Um, and just the sense of that you have practice talking about your platform and your policy and, and what you want to get done. And also just a big part of call time is listening to people and, um, you know, what we, the, approach that we take is we talk to donors and we have the candidate ask them like, so what are some of the issues that you'd like to see addressed in your community? What are some issues that you feel are just being ignored? And the, a lot of the time donors are just not used to being asked that question. And, um, or even during call time, I've had so many people that are like, this is the first time a political candidate has ever called me. Um, and it, the conversation just kind of goes from there. So the ability to create that personal connection between a donor and a candidate is so valuable because it shows that you are willing to set aside the time and energy to listen to someone. And what that does is it largely informs the campaign and, and lets them know, okay, this is a policy that we really need to be paying a lot more attention to. Um, also, what I've seen happen is that someone, a donor will call someone that lives across the country and this person cannot vote for them. Maybe they haven't even, they're not even aware that this election is happening, but because they develop that personal connection, they're like, yeah, I will give you $500. Please like, let me know what I can do to help you out. Like, I, I want to support you. And I think it just comes down to who you are as a candidate and where you're, where are you needed? in this race and, and what are you really trying to do in your community? And I think if you have that down, call time is gonna be easier because you are able to build that personal connection with the person that you're talking to, even if it's the first time they have ever heard of you or this race, or you know they're, they're not even someone that's really interested in politics. No, I mean, I, that makes total sense to me. Uh, do you think generally that, in regards to Seoul's um, kind of component, or there are kind of strategy for fundraising, how do we really kind of go about um, helping candidates both fundraise, but also maybe avoid some of the common pitfalls of fundraising and, and some of the, the kind of common problems that many candidates might face? Hey, you're listening to the Soul Strategies Podcast. Take a moment to listen to some of our esteemed champions and their takeaways from the program. And I'm glad that I was a part of that that I had the opportunity to even be involved with that, with some legitimate organizations that help people who want to do right. 
by other people, you know, by communities. You know, utilize my, my resources, utilize my networks. Um, this has, the last month, I've had some tremendous things happen. It's your time to become a leader. Go to soulstrategies.com to find out more. Well, I think a large part of that is setting a standard at the beginning. So when we first have that onboarding meeting, I make it extremely clear, like, this is the time commitment I need from you. Now, mind you, they're not going to be dealing with this alone. I get calls, texts, all hours of the night because they need help or they're, they just need a boost of, you know, um, motivation. But yeah, I'm, I make it very clear that we're in this together. So if you're not having a good call time day, I'm also not having a good call time day. And we're both going to be miserable, whereas their wins are my wins and vice versa. Like being able to just create that connection with the candidate so that they do have a support system. Because what I've seen is um, I've had candidates say, like, this is the best call time experience I've ever had because they're used to um, companies just having them call through their Facebook list or they haven't even gotten down to the root of like what makes um how do you develop that connection with the donor or how do you tailor your messaging to the different demographics that you're talking to? So really working out the details ahead of time helps them go into this feeling way more confident. So I'm never just throwing them into the deep end and like figure it out, like good luck. Um, we really work out all those kinks ahead of time. So that first call, they're not going into this, not knowing what to expect. Um, we also in, um, involve a component of something called pitch play where Tosh and I will pretend to be donors and we will go through every single scenario of donor they will ever encounter. So someone that is hanging up on them, like, how do you deal with someone that is trying to rush off of the phone? How do you deal with someone that feels you a really um, difficult question that maybe you didn't think of before? Like, do you have every component of your platform down? Can you, can you say it in your sleep? Like, really building up that confidence that they know exactly what they're talking about and also knowing how to um, feel out the vibe of a conversation. So if someone is kind of not really feeling it, like we, we show them how to navigate those different conversations with donors so that they feel confident. Like the biggest thing is just building up the confidence before they start call time and then enforcing that commitment and consistency with what the time they're putting towards fundraising. Okay. Uh, and, and, and Tasha, have you kind of seen any, um, have you seen any like common pattern uh, that comes out of like maybe call time, uh, any like successful strategies that you've seen that you think like has existed across candidates that maybe you've kind of honed in on as being like really critical elements for successful call time fundraising? Yeah, I think the most successful candidates are ones who have done their research on every other candidate in the campaign on previous races for this like seat that they're running for and who just feel really confident on their platform and are willing to even admit that like, oh, I don't have that policy yet. Can you tell me more about it? And willing to like learn and work with like the voters and the donors. And there's kind of like candidates who are really open-minded and just not stuck heavily on like, oh, this is my like one, two and three main points, but they're willing to kind of like adapt and learn with everyone. No, that makes sense. I feel like adaptability, especially in cold calling, is really, really critical to success and that more open-minded candidates in particular have a better time. And I, I feel like you all have kind of, you both have noted that there's, it, it's more than just a fundraising element, particularly with call time. I know that like with an advertisement on like Facebook or Instagram and, and even like Twitter, like social media fundraising and email marketing, it's, it's not as interpersonal, but in, in regards to like 
call time, it seems as if it, it plays more than just a fundraising element. It's that there's also kind of an element of like engagement with either people in your community or like-minded individuals and kind of like a soft polling mechanism to kind of gauge like what people in your community think um, or like issues they might hold that might make your campaign stronger, which I think is another benefit to, especially like a call time fundraising strategy is that you're not only trying to raise money, but you're kind of gauging the temperature in a way without actually having to hire uh, pollsters and actually like have an entire service built around that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, a big part of what makes call time so successful is that you are like at the beginning of the campaign, like call time is really the main way that candidates raise money because they don't have money for events or, you know, just other avenues of fundraising. So through call time, when you're doing that at the beginning of the campaign and you are still figuring out what this looks like, what it's like running for office, what being a candidate is all about. By the time that things start picking up, you are so familiar with how to connect with donors and voters and talk about your ideas and articulate yourself in a way that really convinces people that you are a competent leader that it's, it's kind of a cakewalk. <laughs> like like it, it makes it so much easier to do speaking engagements and talk at events and connect with voters that maybe aren't so sure about your campaign. Like you have so much experience doing all of those elements of what comes later on in a campaign, but also you are not a um, stranger to rejection. Like I have had candidates that just get hung up on or someone's like, actually I'm supporting your opponent. And they're able to just, not internalize those, um, that rejection so that later on when they are doing other stuff or they are met with rejection in person, it's kind of like, well, I've been hung up on 15 times. This is a cakewalk. Like they're, they're very familiar with how to, um, sell, sell their brand and and sell themselves as a candidate. And I think that's kind of what it comes down to, um, what politics is about on a broader scale, it's just really convincing voters that you have their best interests in mind. And um, with grassroots fundraising or just a grassroots campaign overall, you have to rely on those personal connections because if you don't, there's really no campaign there. And it it sucks because again, incumbents that have been in office for 50 million years and everyone knows their name, like they they have a, a little bit of an easier time, but I've worked with candidates that are running against people that have been in office for a while and they know the name of the incumbent, but they have no idea who that person actually is. Like they could not pick them out out of the crowd. And because of call time, they know this new candidate that's running for office and they're excited about them. And I think call time brings in a level of excitement that um, makes people eager to turn out for a candidate and really see this through. Okay, amazing. Um, and I, I guess is uh, since we've kind of gotten through the bulk of it, I, I know that Soul Strategies is doing a sort of webinar uh, coming up soon. Uh, could you maybe go into a little bit of detail about that before we kind of close out? Yeah, yeah. So um, I am very excited. So uh, it is our Kickstart Fundraising Cohort Program webinar. So we are going to be really breaking down the elementary basics of fundraising, going through all of the definitions, the different components of fundraising, like social media fundraising, email marketing, um, call time, which we've talked a lot about, and then events, and really just breaking down all of the different components of what brings those um, the fundraising foundation together and what that all involves and how a candidate can feel confident and comfortable knowing what they are getting themselves into, and also just 
um, familiarizing themselves with different components of their campaign that are gonna um, definitely be more, um, that are gonna just come up more often uh, closer to election day. Okay, that sounds amazing. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you know when that is happening or what day? Yes, yeah, so it is going to be Wednesday, August 25th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay, amazing. Uh, I'll probably just end up popping in just to kind of see what all's going on with it. Um, but uh, regardless, are there any kind of closing thoughts that either of y'all have regarding fundraising? Yeah, we are very excited. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, do, do y'all have maybe any uh, any closing tips, any, anything like that before we kind of wrap it up? Uh, do your research, have a network, and just get ready for a very long road in front of you with a very happy ending, hopefully. Awesome. <laughs> um, Anything from you? Yeah, I think I would say just you are running for office for a reason, and you know what you want to do in this seat, and it's up to you to really convey that to donors and voters, and um, you got this. You're so intelligent and awesome so just carry that energy into your fundraising because you are going to need it okay well amazing. <laughs> that, that being said this is again this has been an episode of the soul strategies podcast i'm your host james ray thank you again tasha and alexis y'all have been amazing uh it's it's a pleasure talking with you i hope to have you all again sometime to talk more in depth about some of this stuff but uh thank anyway so i hope uh, yeah, of course of course <laughs> uh but anyway have a great day